AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Okay, it's the day after Thanksgiving, and some of the best leftovers of the year are on the menu for later today. 2022 was a record year for farm revenue, but higher input costs, slumping market strained revenues, and tightened margins in 2023. Let's get some ideas about how to farm in a tight margin environment. From the official start to the Christmas shopping season via Farm <laughs> Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with Michael Mile and Wade Simpson from Ag Resource Management. Then it's Carl Wyant from Nutrien, Matt Souter from the Mosaic Company joins, and later, Nick Lewitt from RCIS. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now... Welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. All right, Davis. You know, a tight margin environment is one thing, but the tight pants thing after mm-hmm. yesterday, yeah. that's a completely different thing. You know, not only uh, on today especially, not only yeah. is it sweater season, it is also the season of sweatpants. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It sounds like you survived it. I made it so far, yeah. You know, that, that makes me wonder. Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe you kids out there, here's a here's a holiday tip for Christmas. Maybe instead of hanging a stocking, what you do is you take a pair of sweatpants. Yeah. And you tie knots like in the ankles and you Rubber hang pants. those above the mantle instead of a stocking. I mean, think of the think of the the, the volume you could hold. Oh, Just absolutely. Think of it. Just a thought. Holiday it's tips for you. Brilliant. Yeah, that is brilliant. That's the kind of thinking that we need mm-hmm. when we're managing in a tighter margin environment. I, right? I hate to get smacked in the face by reality at the day after Thanksgiving, but, uh, you know, it is what it is as we look forward into next year. And I was at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting last week, had a chance to talk with several companies, organizations. This morning, we're, we're talking about farming in a tight margin environment from financing. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you got to get a little more creative in how you're getting a line of credit. Uh, so from financing to evaluation of the performance of, of your operation. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed our coverage yesterday and will yeah. enjoy our coverage today from the NAFB convention this morning. We're dealing with the realities that farm revenue in 2023 and 2024 is trending down from mm. the peak in 2022. Michael Mile is an area manager for Ag Resource Management, or ARM, out of Amarillo, Texas. Wade Simpson, area manager out of Kansas City for ARM. Guys, I, uh, I talked about this last week on the Farmer Forum. Uh, expectations are that margins are going to be tightening for 2024. When you talk with producers, Michael, what is it that you want them to think about in managing for a tighter margin in the year ahead, what prioritize their list for them? Yeah, well, I mean, first you want to get your budget put together, right? You need to make sure that you're looking at the numbers, being realistic. You may be cutting some things back, you know, being smart about what you're going to put your inputs, things like that. And then you also need to be looking at just keeping an eye on the market, making sure you're talking to 
the right guys on that, following that. And if you can, if you can make, uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and lock in some pricing on some on your your crops. Do it, do it. I mean, you a little at a time, man. It adds up. So I would, I'd encourage guys to uh, take opportunity when they see the market moving the right direction. You don't have to hit home runs, little base hits, or win games too. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I talk a lot about that return on investment. And there are times when shooting for a 15 or 20% return on your investment makes a lot of sense. But there are also times that you got to manage for a negative ROI. And it still takes management. You can't ignore it as things tighten up, right? That's right. You know, my granddad farmed his whole life, and he said, if you make money, it's hard to – they can't kick you out, right? That's right. So, yeah, if you can manage uh, margin, and even if it's a little negative, there's there's ways to wiggle around that through some some right. financing and such. Right. But anyway, yeah, I think you just got to be smart about it. Be realistic. Don't don't be uh, pie in the sky. Yeah. But uh, use use your history numbers. Look at that, and just put it on paper. And start there. Yep. Wade, when when Michael talks about putting it on paper and figuring out what that budget is and what that cost of production is going to be. The mistake that a lot of people make is they just, there's items that they leave off. That's got to be a complete list when you put that budget together, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's things that are unplanned that, um, like a motor going down, those kind of things that can be twenty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. They need to put those things in there. I mean, plan for the worst, hope for the best. Uh, but the... To back all that up, they need to be looking at their crop insurance levels and making sure because if that crop fails, then the crop insurance is what's going to pay the bills and keep them in farming for another year. So that's risk mitigation is is definitely one thing they need to look at, Um, understand their budget, understand the numbers, plan for what happens, what may happen. Um, I've been doing this for 30 years. And looking at tax returns, and I've seen guys and looking at their tax returns where they say, well, last year my repair budget was out because I had a motor go down. Well, you've got three tractors, two combines, five trucks. What's the possibility of another engine going down? Pretty good. So uh, the one thing I've seen is those numbers stay consistent pretty much over the years. So if they think it's an anomaly, it's probably not going to be an anomaly. So uh, understand those numbers. Definitely have some margin in there. Look at your crop insurance levels and uh, don't get overextended. You know, you make such a good point about working the crop insurance and, and making it a total risk management package. What do you do at ARM to help facilitate that for a grower? Uh, well, we we offer crop insurance. Um so in, in doing that, we can go through and kind of look at the different levels, what makes the most sense. Uh, does the 75%, does the yep. 85%, does uh, bringing in some new products uh, that can bump that up to 85 and 90%. Um, so look at, the, look at all the options. I mean, that's the one thing about agriculture, the proof that we deal with or just agriculture in general. They're very resourceful and very knowledgeable. I'm always amazed that I learn something from every farmer, even though I've been doing this as long as I have. They'll tell me new things, and it's like, man, I never thought about that. Yeah. 
So, uh, but Ag Resource is the same way. I mean, yeah. we're just as resourceful as the customer base we work with. Right, right. And with interest rates the way that they are, Michael, you've got to go out and look at all your potential sources of funding for a year ahead. Some alternative sources sometimes make a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. We, in fact, at AgriSource Management, we work really well with third-party creditors like Nutrien, Helena, guys like that. So it's really a good partnership. We uh, A lot of our offices work hand-in-hand uh, -hand with those guys. Our office does too. So it really helps those guys if they need some additional dollars to to get the crop get the crop done. Yep, that's right. Yep, you know, I think what I'm hearing from both of you is break it down to the basics. Just you know, bottom line this thing and make sure that you're taking care of what will keep you in business for another year and that's a profit. That probably it's hard to go broke making money, isn't it? Hard to go broke making money. That's what grandpa said. <laughs> All right guys, thank you so much. That is Michael Mile and Wade Simpson. Appreciate those thoughts there. I'm at the 2023 National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City. We're going to continue with some management conversation. Next, let's talk about making science-based fertilizer decisions for the year ahead. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Your next piece of equipment is on MachineryPete.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineryPete.com. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I hope you're all recovering from yesterday's big Thanksgiving celebration. Uh, we started this morning's show talking about managing expected tightening margins in 2024 Part of that is is making the right decisions up front on crop inputs. Dr. Carl Wyant is the director of agronomy at Nutrien. He joins us right now. Carl, welcome back to AgriTalk. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. I love, love, love the short description that was on what you wanted to talk about. And that is just very simply science-based fertilizer decisions. Um, it, it uh, Hey, that translates to me very, very quickly because 
it means that you're looking at the right things to make the decisions on what you're going to be doing on inputs on your ground. But where does it start? Where does where does that process start? It all starts kind of changing your mindset and thinking like an accountant, which I know we're not near anywhere near tax season, but you know, accountants are cool. Uh, my wife's an accountant, so I, I have to say that. That's for you, Sarah. Um, so thinking like an accountant and it's making sure you have that budget right. And so it's using your data, your soil samples, your yield data, and your tissue data to really put together a complete picture of what's in your savings account. And that's what's in the soil and trying to make some forecasts on what you think you're going to be removing from that savings account with next year's, next year's crop. So it's kind of matching up those different pieces and using your data to guide the decisions on your fertilizer investments. Okay. Uh, I, I assume, correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume that this starts with a proper soil test and, and uh, doing it right in the field. That's right. Using your local extension services guides on how to take that soil sample, the proper depth, the proper number of subsamples across the field and how to mix it in the bucket. There's a whole bunch of instructions. And that's important because when you send it to the lab, the results are all calibrated to that correct method. So if you haven't done a soil sample in a long time, just don't go grab the dirtiest shovel in the back of the truck and go start poking around. You know, make sure you have a chat with your local crop advisor or extension officer on how to how to make that soil sample really count because the information you get, you know, quality in, quality out, yeah. and we're trying to maximize that. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Let's assume <laughs> that we've got the quality sample. We've sent it off to the lab. We've got a quality test. We've got quality results. That's the basis for our science-based fertilizer decisions. Now, we have to make the decision, does it work economically for me? Because, like I said, we're talking about some tighter margins in the years ahead. When you start to do that analysis, what does it look like? So, yeah, what we've been seeing and hearing across farm country is that there's been, uh, just look across Iowa, who was impacted by drought this year? And who wasn't right? So when we speak to our to growers, what we're learning is that some growers' crops didn't nearly yield as much as they thought. So there's actually some nutrients left in the soil. That savings account is a little higher than they had originally thought they would be at this time of year. So they can adjust their fertilizer plans moving forward and maybe cut back on that fertilizer just a little bit. Some growers had really good yields, uh, you know, <laughs> despite all the doom and gloom of the ag press about drought this summer record yields and so you've got to adjust and take a look at that soil sample and make sure you're putting in what you need and that's where you go to your local ag retailer bring that soil sample with you all those results work with a crop advisor and say what do i need what do i don't need yeah and let the data help direct those decisions yeah now there there are a lot of products out there that are supposed to make fertilizers more efficient and the way that they that the plant takes them up, the way that they turn them into yield, uh, is is that something that we need to consider in the year ahead? Yeah, a lot of growers are looking to uh, uh, improve their efficiency. Yeah. So get more out of that fertilizer dollar, make that fertilizer go longer in the field, yeah. and usually it's uh, less leaching or gassing off for nitrogen or tying up from a phosphate standpoint or a potassium standpoint. So growers are always looking like, how do I make this stay in the soil longer so that that crop has, you know, the, yeah. the longest time frame 
to pull it in and actually do work for me, right? right. Well, how do I make more, get more utility out of my fertilizer? So it's definitely a, a, a piece to look at. There's lots of technologies available, you know, nitrogen additives, there's, there's, there's humic acids. I, there's a whole laundry list. That's probably another whole 20 minutes of a talk we could do here. Yeah. But if, if you're looking for some sort of technology, talk with your trusted ag retailer or your crop advisor, because there's so many options, but usually there's a couple of ingredients that best fit your farm and that really match back to the soil sample. Use the data to drive your product selection, just like you do with your, uh, with your crop protection and your, and your, your yeah. overall fertilizer plan. Yep. Yep. Okay. So this whole process of making a science-based fertilizer decision, um, I've, I, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but and I don't mean to be doom and gloom about EPA and, and some of the rules and regulations that are coming down the pike, but if we are going to prepare for a time when we have to be better at documenting what we are, what we are doing in a, on an acre of ground and why we are doing it, the science-based is the way that you got to start, right? Yeah, agronomic justification for a practice, right? Here's the data. Here's why I made the decision. So I've already, I've already lived through this. I, I came up through the Arizona-California markets, and we've already put, been put in parts of California into intense nitrogen regu regulation. Yeah. We have to have those data sets to justify the nitrogen fertilizer we put out. And we make a nitrogen budget. And it equals zero, right? Because uh, we don't want any excess nitrogen at the end of the year. So it's quite the process. Uh, but you know, the goal of that program is to reduce groundwater contamination by nitrates. Yeah. And so there's a lot of data involved. And I think if 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 growers feel that that's the future, and every state's a little different, then getting comfortable with the data and the workflow and establishing those relationships with folks that can help you interpret this avalanche of data that's coming, start start developing those relationships now. Yeah. And this is the time of the year, the fall of the year, is when we should be, if we haven't already made the decision for 2024, uh, you might be getting a little bit behind the eight ball and, and having to make that decision. But, but um, uh, do it when you've got the time and the data, in other words, the results, is, is fresh in your mind. And that is that, that yield monitor. We, we, we want to make the science-based decisions, but it's got to come with the yield that we need in the field too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yield supports the profitability, right, of, of, yeah. of all operations. So you should have a yield, a yield map, depending on where you're at, a good set of soil samples, that plant tissue data that you took way back in the summer, if, if, if you can remember that far, would tell you how you're how your your 2023's plan went, give you kind of a checkup. Uh, combine those data sets and say, hey, here's what I think for 2024. Here's my options of fertilizer. Here's really what I need uh, to, to coming from my soil sample and from my 2024 yield goals. Just make sure you're matching all that up. And it's easier said than done. Uh, I've, I've been in doing this for a long time. And, it, and it, takes, it takes having a good relationship with somebody who's experienced doing it if you're not if you're not experienced yourself so yeah. kind of pulling the veil off the whole process yeah yeah exactly that's that's exactly right just break it down to the basics and you got to learn to trust the data once you've learned to trust the data and you've seen the results of trusting that data you can cut back on what you're putting out there in the field in many cases and get very similar if not equal 
and more profitable results. And that's really the goal. Yeah, one thing we've learned from soil sampling is, you know, going from this one soil sample on maybe a 40-acre field uh, to having multiple samples on a field and being able to construct a full nutrient map of a field and then having able to variable rate fertilizer. So you might not be cutting back your fertilizer, but you're more evenly spreading that fertilizer. And what you're doing in the long term is evening out the yield performance of your field and making sure that your fertilizer dollars are going to those high productive areas and maybe cutting back on those those you know tops of hills or former tops of hills uh that aren't quite as productive man you got that right because what i i've been kind of a personal mission of mine is getting guys to understand what areas in a field cost them money every year to run that planter through why not find something better to do with it if it's going to cost you money every year and that includes managing your fertilizer expenses on those those poor acres as well i've I've worked with growers that have had very poor performing areas of their field and the, some of them have decommissioned those yeah. acres yeah because it just doesn't make any Good. sense it's like they're wasting fuel they're wasting time they're wasting input dollars and then it's time harvest right like yeah. this doesn't work for you just cut it out yeah and uh there's a number of federal programs where you can take those acres and maybe turn it into conservation reserve. There's something else you could do with it and possibly, and possibly get some reimbursement for it. And I'm no expert on those programs, but uh, certainly one. Well, but what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense, Carl. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. That is Dr. Carl Wyatt. He is the director of agronomy at Nutrien. Uh, that's the foundation of the fertilizer discussion. Let's... Uh, talk about stretching that fertilizer dollar next here on AgriTalk. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. You know, instead of calling it Markets Now, let's call this one Markets Next Week. Here are some of the issues I think the markets will be watching in the week ahead. Number one on the list is Brazilian weather. There is no question the forecast for central Brazil will be a primary market driver in the week ahead. Recent hot and dry conditions were briefly interrupted by a round of thunder showers, but temperatures stayed way above normal. More above normal temps are in the forecast, and the El Nino pattern forecast is expected to bring back mostly dry conditions. That should underpin the soy complex in the week ahead. Number two on my list of issues to watch in the week ahead, Brazilian weather. Yeah, (laughs) Brazilian weather gets the top two spots. This time we are talking about the ultra-wet conditions in southern Brazil. Again, El Nino is influencing this pattern, and the rains are expected to cut into bean plantings this year. Demand is third on the list. A string of daily export sales announcements for corn would help encourage some short covering in that market. And if China starts to grow concerned about supplies out of Brazil and comes to the U.S. to cover some needs, it should help the bean market experience some more trade above 14 bucks. So, watch Thursday morning's export sales report. Number four, watch beef demand in the twice-daily box beef market report. Very important there. If the heavyweight choice-graded box beef slips too far from $300, that's going to take some support out of the market. And then there's one more. Watch what President-elect Miley in Argentina talks about. He has been a critical of China and even of 
its neighbor Brazil. So anything he says could have an impact on grain trade. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I was at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention last week in Kansas City, and I had a chance to catch up with Matt Souter, Director of Field Solutions at Mosaic Biosciences. Matt, welcome back to AgriTalk. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me, Chip. It's exciting to be here. All right. You, you and I have talked about this in some of the industry spotlights on AgriTalk, and I'm glad that we've got a little bit more time to dive into the topic of biologicals because there is no question that biologicals are on most farmers' list of things that they, um, that they want to understand better, okay? Uh, so thanks for making some time. We're going to do that. Let's get straight to the bottom line on this, what are biologicals designed to do in a crop nutrition program? Well, biologicals, first of all, is it, it, they're tremendous, a tremendously broad category. So you can get from point A to point B a lot of different ways. And we often talk about how many different compounds there are uh, when you think about uh, live microbes. You can think about biostimulants or compounds or molecules that do things that are often emulating things that exist naturally in the plant. And then we also talk about extracts and digests, as, you know, other other sort of solutions that we come up with. Think uh, fulvic acid or compounding agents or things like that. Here, here's the bottom line, Chip. Um, biologicals are products that we that we say are uh, garnered from or are replicates of what occurs in nature, and we are using those to enhance crop growth and development. What we use primarily today, and our focus, I think most of the industry today is dealing with nutrient use efficiency. When we think of biologicals, for example, rhizobia that work in, in soybeans is hands down the number one slam dunk of everybody out there, right? Um, 
It's been around for decades. Nobody would think about it. And in places, it's so it's so pervasive that we don't even have to inoculate soybeans. And yet, at the same time, we have all these things that are coming to the market. And uh, I, I think the real challenge for the industry today is that it's very, very diffuse. And it's it's a challenge to make sure we have a consistent layer of, of performance data and confidence for the customers that are that are using biologicals. So that that I think is it's a reflection of the challenge that I think we face in the industry to convince people that biologicals are a good investment for them. Okay, you're going right down the path that I wanted to go down next because uh, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about on AgriTalk here recently is tightening margin outlook for the years ahead. So when we look at is it time to spend money on this? Is it time to experiment with that? Uh, I had a conversation with a couple of guys on the Farmer Forum last week, and we talked very specifically about are we are we going to continue the testing with biologicals in a year when it looks like margins are going to be darn tight? What do you say to that? I, I think it's an excellent question, and if I were in their shoes, I'd ask the same question. All of us should. Um you know, primarily the, the question, it's an economic question. Yeah. It's how do we consider something else going into the pot uh, when when we may not know about performance? I would say the days of walking out and saying, we're going to replace X and with Y, and I don't have data that validates that on a broad scale, I think those are going to be much more challenging now than they were before. So the idea that you somehow are going to use this instead of a traditional nitrogen fertilizer is a pretty big lift when I've got 50 years of proof that the yeah. nitrogen works, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just to be clear, in Mosaic Biosciences, we're, we're believe, I, I, I don't need, not only believe it, I think I have all the evidence I need to prove that we, Im, we improve nutrient use efficiency, but it's not by replacing nutrients in the field yet. I don't know that we're really going down that road. What I will tell you is that biologicals in general are a little difficult to predict. And so when we think about a, a crop nutrition world, right, in the 50s, bulk fertilizer came out, or, or commercial yeah. synthetic fertilizers enabled this next level of yield. In the 70s, crop protection enabled this next level of yield. In the 80s and 90s, genetics came around and biotechnology and all those things. Each of those stand on their own and can create a tremendous lift for a farmer. What's interesting about biologicals, because it reflects the, the very nature that we're trying to emulate, it doesn't work independent of those things. So you kind of have to have those three pillars in some sort of appropriate scenario to see the lift from biologicals. So if we're not thinking about the crop holistically, if we're not thinking about the whole system, then it becomes very difficult for us to guarantee what happens. So when I run into a problem, Chip, the biggest problem I have is people think it should be glyphosate or something else. Go out, do X, get Y, and it's over. We're not doing that in every case. And so biologicals, that makes biologicals difficult, and it requires an investment and a scope that lets us help answer that question for farmers. That's what we're trying to do here. Okay. I think you're bringing some clarity to it for me on, on this because I've been trying to develop a, you know, a way that I would describe it, okay? Uh, I've come up with a couple of different thoughts on this. Is it glue that binds all of the different processes together 
or is it a wire harness that kind of directs everything to do what it's supposed to do when it's supposed to do it? Well, the the unfortunate reality is it depends on the product. Okay. So so we work today primarily in microbes. I'm I am providing you a consortia of uh, bacteria that are plant growth promoting rhizobacteria. Now they exist in nature. We selected these and screened them to find the best products. And just like when you go out and you plant a wheat crop, you're planting a wheat crop on an acre of, of your farm, and you know if you planted a half a population, it's not good enough. You're creating a monoculture so you can harvest the value of what they create. Yeah. And at the end of the year, you're not destroying nature. You're not worried about the wheat escaping and taking over the forest or you know de- destroying the, the roads or anything else. This is absolutely... It's parallel to what we do when we introduce bacteria to the rhizosphere. Those bacteria are pushing that relationship between plants and the existing bacteria into more of a monoculture to enable better nutrient use efficiency. And at the end of the season, nature pushes back to the mean and we're off to the races. Okay. You've used that line several times now, nutrient use efficiency. The... The bottom line of that is to improve plant health, and the healthier the plant, the bigger the yield. Is that the bottom line? It is. Nutrient use efficiency is three things. Nutrient use efficiency is uh, nutrient availability, nutrient uptake, and nutrient assimilation. So coming to the roots, getting into the roots, and then the plant using it in the right places. Depending on the nutrient, depending on what you're doing, all you can work in one or more of those areas. For what we are creating, nutrient use efficiency in biologicals typically is moving nutrient use efficiency a couple of percent, not not massively. We're not replacing 25% of somebody's fertilizer at this point. Moving the nutrient use efficiency a couple of percent so if I can improve that at the right growth stage, your, your listeners will understand V6, V2 to V7, right? Side dress corn. We are impacting the number of kernels per ear. That's a yield component. If I can move just a few percent at the right growth stage, I can have a positive impact on yield. That's what we're trying to accomplish. So whether it's in furrow or side dressing, whether it's, I mean, it's soybeans, it's an R1 game, right? Yep. So same thing. But all of those, that's really the game. And so despite the fact that it may look meager at what we're doing, if we can improve nutrient use efficiency, if that farmer has a better return on investment, not just for his biological, but a better return on fertilizer investment. We've accomplished what we needed to do. We're ahead of the game and we're not waiting on somebody to say we're not efficient because American farmers are. And I think that this industry is going to help them be more efficient in the long run. Okay. You know, Matt, there's some people out there that will, and I'll ask the question for them. Why in the world did Mosaic jump into this? (laughs) But they've asked me that a lot. I I get that often. Um, If you look, so nutrient use efficiency is the game. It's uh, it's well over 50% of our focus. And and the fact of the matter is Mosaic has long been the expert in balanced crop nutrition, talking about the complete needs of the plant for season-long nutrition to deliver best-in-class yields. But in all cases, there's inefficiencies that exist. It's just nature. And so investing in biologicals enables us to think about how we can continue to drive improved nutrient use efficiency. And the title for that inside Mosaic is Advanced Crop Nutrition. Balanced Crop Nutrition plus Biologicals 
is the advanced crop nutrition that's going to bring us to the next level of, of yield. Yeah. You know, and, and in the background of all this conversation and building yields and everything, the, the most more efficient use of the nutrients that we're putting in the ground means less escape of the nutrients that we're putting in the ground. Absolutely, yeah. Farmers are not at risk for, I'm I, not at, not to blame. I mean, you may want to think about how we say that, but when you, I, I work in Canada, I work in other countries occasionally, and when you deal with uh, especially other continents where you see people that have restrictions placed and it's not necessarily the farmer's fault, there's this regulatory sort of framework where you worry about, you know, we want to do the right thing. And I, I have no question our farmers want to do the right thing too. Um, if the more we can show we're making progress towards that goal without uh, having to endure a regulatory effort to make it happen, I think the more security we have as an industry to say we're, we're stewards of what we're doing. And, and I'm a believer in American agri agriculture to deliver just that. So It's good stuff, Matt. It's good to see you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been fun talking to you. You bet. All right. That is Matt Souter. He's the director of Field Solutions at Mosaic. Uh, let's continue with another of the conversations I had at Kansas City last week at the NAFB convention. We're talking about managing for a tight margin environment, and part of that is an evaluation of how your plans worked. We'll talk about how to do that next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. You can't see us, and we can't see you, so don't go changing. Listen just the way you are to AgriTalk. We've been talking about managing an operation in a tight margin environment here at the 2023 National Association Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City. Part of that management has got to be evaluation. And evaluation means collecting the right data at the right time, putting the right analysis on that data. And let's talk about that with Nick Lewitt. Uh, Nick is the lead precision ag specialist 
with RCIS. Nick, welcome to AgriTalk. Yep. Welcome, Chip. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, let's talk the tools uh, needed to gather the data to help in the evaluation of a season. What is the latest and the greatest? So I think the biggest thing you got to have is you got to have a GPS display. You got to display a GPS receiver and a GPS antenna to really capture that data. Most of your growers today out there are probably using A-B lines for guidance and they go on the next step to document what they're doing in the field. Because realistically, you got to document to know what took place from operation to operation to really make those agronomic decisions at the end of the year once you have your harvest data captured. Yeah. Okay, so that's to capture the data. The, the data is only as good. I've said this a hundred times and people are starting to roll their eyes and say, here it comes again. The data is only as good as the analysis that you put on it. Is that right? That is correct. But but I think the tools are getting better and better every year through different platforms as well. You know, you can see we have some partners here at RSAS. Climate Field View would be one. Uh, the John Deere Operation System. They have some very good analytic tools in there to help you make better decisions. So you can say, maybe I planted this variety of seed or I put this pesticide on. Did it really yield to what I was trying to get it to do year over year? And the more data you collect at the end of the day, and you can take that back to weather patterns that you've had in the past, you can see what has worked traditionally, but you got to get the data captured first to do, do, do really any analytics. Okay. So I've been scratching my head, wondering exactly how artificial intelligence is going to work on a farm. And when it comes to analyzing this kind of data, isn't this like the sweet spot for AI going forward? Could be, but right now it's technically not quite there yet. Right now, if you think about some of the AI that's been there, um, I was at a conference earlier this week. We did AI was brought up to one of the conversations. Listening to now, it's kind of the chat GPT that you have is really a chat bot back and forth, not really doing analytics from a from an agronomic standpoint. And, and egg data is very heavy, and I don't know that we're we're quite there yet. If that makes okay, there's a. What do you mean by egg data is heavy? So what I mean by heavy, so this monitor or data captures data every three or every half point, for example, a half second. Okay. So you have a lot of data that's very, very heavy in size. So, you know, it's not one or two giga, one or two megabytes, it's gigabytes of data um, that's being captured in these operations. So are you telling me that we've still got an advantage in being able to to analyze some of this data over the machines? Yes, we definitely do. Good. You know, I, I, I want to... There's hope for us. There is help. Yeah. There is hope. You know, a lot of times I have producers that utilize that John Deere Operations Center. There's a field analyzer tool in there, being able to utilize that, make decisions, be able to say, well, I put this I put this on at this rate. What did my yield at the end of the year look like with that done with at that rate in that product? Yeah. Okay. So RCIS, sponsor of Crop Tour, has been for several years. Uh, crop insurance. Why am I talking data gathering and the tools to gather that data with someone from a crop insurance company. Yes, and the biggest thing is that RMA allows us to utilize that precision egg data for crop insurance. We don't really care about your your point-by-point point data. We talked about the heavy data. We're really just taking a very minuscule amount of that data to use it for crop insurance. We want to know what the plant date was, what the crop was, and the area that's covered. You know, if you're talking about situations where you really want to get better um, in that line, like, from example, if you're talking margins, one of the things I look at, Precision Ag allows you to actually utilize the acres you actually plant for crop insurance. So I'm going to adequately insure what I actually plant versus maybe I've had traditional methods or I've been using my farm service agency to report my acres off the 578. I can now utilize my Precision Ag data for crop insurance. 
Nick, I might be dragging you in a little bit of a direction here, but this is kind of a personal mission of mine, is identifying those acres that cost you money every year. You can do that with the data that we're gathering right now, can't you? Yeah, there is platforms out that allow you to do that. You can circle in an area and say, well, I know that this field here loses on this area every year. What can I do better for that? And there's going to be better tools out there to do that. But you really got to get the data captured first. That's why I bring it up because you got to have something to go back to to tell you, hey, this is where we need to dive into. What could I do from a management standpoint to better utilize that? And that's what Precision Ag is based on is interavailability in management of your field. Okay. How is the industry doing in gathering the data that, that it should be gathering? I feel like the industry is doing well. You might see some other people out there that may have a different opinion. But here at RCIS, RCIS, we're getting data better and better quality every year. And the machine is, you know, wireless data transfers really changed the game in a lot of aspects. Coming from the cloud down from the monitor to their, for example, my John Deere or climate field view through the puck. Bluetoothing up through the iPad really streamlines that. You're not have as many flash drives out in the field putting your data there. You know, what we do here at RCIS is really focus kind of on, hey, we want to save the grower some time. You know, make that acreage reporting process a lot more streamlined, a lot easier, making sure you're adequately covered for what acres you actually plant. Let's say we get to, let's say, unfortunately, you have a loss after production reporting. We can do the data for production reporting. You have to have a calibration report um, to RMA standards. What's your plus or minus 3% to the manufacturer specs per crop, per combine, beginning of harvest. There's a bunch of rules on that. But to really, if you're trying to analyze data, you really need to have it calibrated anyways. And most of my growers I meet with um, are getting that down to less than 1%. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really good. And with what I think is probably going to be an increased requirement to document what you're doing in each and every field, you got to have the right setup, right? 100%. Just being able to capture that on a field basis. You know, across your region, Chip, I think there's some irrigated, non-irrigated guys you probably are, are running into. Um, with Precision Ag and Crop Insurance, you can actually keep plant and harvest straight through that field as long as you meet all the requirements. You don't have to harvest the dry land separate from the irrigated area. Really simplifies that process and time savings for that grower, too. You know, we're going to have it come in as a map, get it split out for the irrigated, non-irrigated. As long as I have a plant map, the harvest map and a calibration, we do meet those standards. And that's a really huge time savings, especially looking for that and making sure we're absolutely covered as well. It's fantastic information. Thank you. You're welcome, Chip. Thanks for having me. You bet. That is Nick Lewitt. He is the lead precision ag specialist for RCIS. I hope you've enjoyed our coverage from the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention. We're going to keep it going this afternoon with more coverage from Kansas City right here on AgriTalk.